fixed. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, I have uh, input levels now. Hey, hey. There's Captain Socks, and there's Bruce. And holy crap, I am just having a moment. All right, let me get my door. All right, we're doing this in one, two, three. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce, the Yang, and Captain Socks. Hello, future people, and welcome again to Getting Table with your host, Captain Socks. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. And the only member of the, the podcast not freezing to death, the Bruce. Yes. What are you talking about? You're living in a hellscape but right now. No, that's me. No, 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 no. He hasn't got snow. He may as well be in yeah. hell. He doesn't know what that means. That's true, too. It's still cold. Yeah. George, George with two inches in, in Illinois with a foot, and it's below freezing pretty much for the last week and a half of here. So. George with two inches is two more than he normally has. Oh. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. We almost got a spit take out of Captain Socks. There was almost a spit take. <laughs> it was too easy not to go there. Uh, welcome to Getting Tabled, folks. For those of you that might be new, us picking on each other is nothing new. You're going to get a lot of that. Shall we move into some news? Uh, newly or noteworthy uh, uh, information. That That's this newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. So and the news. we're starting, yeah. So we're starting this week with shifting lands, which is certainly not somebody new to the scene, but this is very much a different thing than what we would normally cover. Uh, shifting lands has a YouTube channel where he's been showing people how to use the Proxon foam cutter, uh, which people may have seen through Black Magic Craft and a few other things, sharing his stuff around. He's from the same area of the world where Michelle is located, a long-term friend of the podcast. Uh, he had a Kickstarter last year that we did not have the chance to cover. That is actually being delivered to its backers at the moment. We know this because Michelle received his this week. Um, and it's now available for pre-order to the public, which is the main thing that we wanted to cover. Uh, the other thing that we have is there's actually some really cool-looking templates that he's got on pre-order as well, specifically around pillars. Apparently there's like 20 new things that's all coming out. But these pillars just look amazing. These are just gorgeous. So, so basically he has MDF templates that you put the foam into and the Proxum will cut around the MDF without cutting into it. Therefore, the foam is the only thing that gets cut, so you can get these really cool-looking designs if you use them properly. Yeah, I was going to say, look at this. It looks like fairly straightforward. I mean, the, the only major investment would be the foam cutter itself, or if you're quite handy, you could probably yeah. build one close enough and then still use these templates to do some really great results. I mean, this stuff looks very sharp. Mm, yeah. Very much so. And, and even his little structure cylinders and, and where he's imprinting stucco or stonework onto the foam and then able to cut those out into thin street sheets. Yeah, that's a lot of what the book concentrates on is the how to do that side of things uh, and how to use certain templates that yeah. you've already designed and stuff for the Kickstarter. So I will say this, the uh, the, the pillars, um, that just screams like make a bunch of those and make a huge giant dwarven, you know, key. Oh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Or hell, Roman, anything like that. Or, or a big cathedral with Roman or 
some kind of pillar enclave in the center. Yep. So if making your own terrain is something that you want to get into, this is definitely a book that I would be having a look at. There are some previews that you can find on YouTube if you would like to go looking for them. Um, I don't know any of the channel names, but if you do a look, if you do a search for shifting lands, uh, you should be able to find them quite easily. Um, next up, I figured we might talk about Games Workshop earlier in the podcast today, rather than leaving it till about halfway Ex- through. Except the, this page is under construction. Um, okay, through the power of editing, then it shouldn't be because it's working for me. Well, maybe in Australia it is. That's weird. Why is it working for? Me? Oh, it's gone it under- down. Yeah. I've had I've had it loaded for a good couple of hours. Um, that makes things awkward. Yeah. The okay. In recent news, the Warhammer community website has gone down. I wonder <laughs> if it's everything. It's just the Warhammer community. Games Workshop's website's still working. So um, maybe so, okay. So, so maybe people are so excited about Curse City they uh, overloaded the website and it went down because of traffic. Otherwise, that's I'm quite going to do <laughs> this. Maybe. Ooh, I get to watch a stream. There's a problem with that, though. It screws up my um, recording. Um, okay, for this particular section, the video of me is going to disappear for a little bit. I apologize. I apologize for anybody that actually wants to look at me. Um, you might want to seek medical attention. Your mom and Nam. Everyone else doesn't want to see you. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm not even sure that Mum wants to see me. No, that's not fair. Okay, so. We've had another Warhammer preview. I, I know these things seem like they're happening every three minutes lately. Um, they, they're not. It just feels that way. So in the Warhammer preview, we've had pretty much a look at everything today. Um, sorry, not today. This week. There is a big, long video if you want to watch the whole thing. It goes for an hour and a half. It's filled with the usual talking about nothing that they always seem to know. It's not fair. Um, I, I, I do find watching the preview videos kind of dull and repetitive, personally. Uh, we've got new models coming from the Lu- Lumineth, which actually feel like... The problem I've had with a lot of the Lu- Lumineth models is they've all felt very random and didn't really feel like they fit together. But these actually do kind of feel like they came from the same place as everything else did for the first time. Um, maybe they've been listening to the feedback a little bit, but whilst these art guys aren't wearing cow heads, it does have a very similar sort of design that the previous ones did, which is nice. Um, we've also got this cool-looking arrow, giant arrow shooting thing. Ballista. For some reason... Oh, it's a ballista. Of course it is. The guy looks like he's using the ar- the giant arrow as a blow dart. He's sighting along the flights. I know, but it looks like he's blowing into it. Maybe he's whispering an enchantment upon it before it slays something. Possibly, possibly. I do quite like that model, though. That's probably one of the better ones. I mean, it, it's something that should be fairly boring, but I actually kind of like that. I, I like the uh, the dude uh, with the uh, extra ammunition, the way, like, the feeder kind of, like, you know, it's coming down so you can grab one to, to load it quickly. I, I kind of miss the fact that Games Workshop haven't been doing... Ooh, hang on. I've just realized there's a... Okay, there's going to be problems with that recording. Um, what? Sharing the screen with you two has fucked up all of the video. Okay. Um, um, I have to go. No, there's not much I can do. We've also got this nice bit of terrain here, which I'm guessing is going to be their movement terrain piece that everybody has now. Um, Unfortunately, it's another one of these things that 
Oh, actually, I was going to say it looks like it's kind of only floating on those two bits of water, but I think that third pillar behind is actually on the same level. So this one might actually hold up <laughs> to a bit of abuse, maybe. Um, the, the two aerials on top are going to break within three seconds of looking at them. Though. Uh, we've got some more look at... We've got our hero here that we'd seen before. Uh, I believe we'd seen that one before as well. That's new, though. And if I'm wrong about the other two... Oh, here we have Goku, or Monkey Magic, on his... Um, Nimbus could be. Yang. I know I'm not the first one to make that joke, but it, it, it is what it is. It could be Yang. You are right. Um, you got a flag bearer. Um, feels very standard, even for flag bearer standards. Uh, <laughs> this one we've seen before as well. I oh, know I'm hilarious, and of course this means that they're getting a new book because of course they are. We're also getting some new evil thingies. I don't know if this has been revealed what they actually are yet. They're definitely something undead. This this no, one in particular, I love. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new hero for the Stormcast because you're not allowed to anything. forget about the Stormcast. Yes. Uh, you're not allowed to forget the, about the Stormcast for even a moment. And this new White King is possibly my favourite model that they've done in a while. It feels a lot like their old stuff but in a good way. It kind of harks back to some of the old vampire models. Um, that shield is really nicely designed because that design in the shield very much is 3D sculpted. You can tell from the way it's painted. Um, more orcs, which we've seen a hint of, but we've actually got a preview of what they all look like. I can see a lot of people buying these and trying to build up feral orcs um, because feral orcs do look really cool. Uh, we've got a new starter set coming for the new Underworlds. This one just seems to be a generic Underworld. There's no actual label attached to this. So they're obviously trying to get a starter set that can continue on uh, regardless of which chapter of the game that you're in. Um, it looks like it's Nighthaunt versus um, Stormcast Eternal. I have a feeling that they are actually old models. But it doesn't matter. So, and then, of course, we get to the meat of this. Yep. I'm just going to interject real quick. So <clears throat> I love the fact that they are continuing to grow and flesh out these armies for Age of Sigmar and everything. Because, you know, they killed fantasy. Fantasy was big. I like fantasy more than 40K. And I love the fact that they're continuing to, you know, grow and expand it. Stop releasing new books. Just do a digital book and add on to it. Stop giving us new books that yeah. we have to go buy. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, sure. a, that's a fair comment. Do a new book, you know, core book release, you know, every four years or whatever you need to to refresh the rules or everything. But then with the actual faction books and everything, no one's going to complain if you do a digital yeah. copy. Also, you're charging people for a subscription service uh, on both of these at the moment. Why are they having to buy books as well on top of it? Right. Um, I just want to say this for the Cursed City. That's possibly the best box art I've seen from them in years. That doesn't um, even look like Warhammer box art. It looks it looks more like um oh Malifaux, right? The ones that are really hard to put together. That looks like a yeah. or a, a yeah. Wild West Exodus even kind of like it it's it it has a very dynamic look to it for a 2D. It feels box. a lot like a graphic novel to me. Yeah, that's a good good mm -hmm. way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So we get a preview of everything that's in the actual bosses part of this uh, start box rather. Sorry, starting with some really gorgeous looking hero models. This which one we've seen before. We're very much in a case again of I don't think there's anything in this that I don't like. Ooh, I like him. I like him. The totally not undead looking thing. The the yeah. totally uh, not the old Chinese guy from Kill Bill undead. Yeah, but these are just all. Brilliant. We've then got some standard griblies, so we've got some vampire bats and some new rat swarms. 
I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. That's the new rat swarms. And Ooh. maybe the best looking orcs they've ever made? Maybe? I think these might actually be undead that has, orcs, though. That looks yeah, they like, are. They're undead orcs. That has a very strong uh, Japanese horror undead look to it. Uh, we've seen some hints of these skeletons before, but they are new. Just more of, of them. I think we had seen this one down the bottom. But again, there's nothing in this that I don't like. All of the undead stuff feels good and creepy so i'm gonna interject there's a this. lot of work that's gone into this god that yeah. one looks so good too so i i'm i don't know have you seen or, or heard any of the the massive complaining for the uh uh the the the, the main games you know warhammer 40k like everything looks mm. like a, a crapped out recycler thing do you think they're spending too much time and energy on these little side project games instead of the core um. of the company games because this, this is a thousand times better than anything they've been releasing for 40K in the last three months. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they, they certainly have some things that do look really nice, but it seems to be very hit and miss. I just want to say on this particular guy, this is like, I suspect that you will want to make a hero out of this for your army, specifically you. Because um, you tell me that that's not the best looking chapter master you've ever seen for the Space Wolves. It'd be yes a very expensive no. box just to cut, just, just to take them off though. Yeah, no, no kidding. Because you'd have to ruin them anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's a, what's in the box? Um, I, I do think you might be right on that, though. See, we're not above criticizing Games Workshop. We try not to go too hard on it because there are some people that are just beyond. I'm not above criticizing. Criticize, criticize you? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it does kind of feel like it's been going with the motions, 40k specifically for a while. That's one of the reasons why I kept on going hot and cold on it for ages. Because every time I thought the game was getting better, it kind of fell off the wagon again. Um, the Lumineth, going back to what we were talking a few minutes ago, the Lumineth are a thing where you really do feel like different teams have been working on them because it never really felt like they belonged together to a large extent. Um, yeah, that, that I, seems to yeah, be like very... I, I think you might be onto that, onto something there. Um, so what you get in the box, we still don't know the price of this, by the way, but you're looking at eight heroes, 42 hostiles, you got objective markers, you got a war scroll book, because you will be able to use this in um, Age of Sigma if you want to. Uh, you've got unique custom dice for this. I'm not sure whether I think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, in the but world of Games Workshop, is... that's a bad thing. Generally. Do, do um, I have to re remind you of scatter dice? No. Well, well. No, I don't think they that, invented those. Well, that that's one thing that a lot of people in the Star Wars Legion Armada. That's one. That's one thing a lot of people in the, that deal with Fantasy Flight don't like about Fantasy Flight is their own custom dice. They always have Star Wars Legion Armada yeah. and X Wing all have their own style of dice, and they're not unique to any of those three game systems. I would argue that it's the first complaint that any company gets when they are doing custom dice because people want to be able to have their own dice. Correct. Um, well, and I, and I remember back trying to like, you know, get some scatter dice that weren't the, the stupid little teeny games workshop ones. And I found all the stuff like, you know, they, you know, people used to sell these dice and then like no one has them in stock. And then it's like, oh, it's because anyone who is making and selling them games workshop threatened with lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, this particular mini, which I'm just going to scroll through very quickly, is potentially the most exciting thing for old school fans that we've seen. That in a looks long time. like a heck of a demon prince. Oh, it is a demon prince. This is meant to be the original. Uh, 
rumour, and this is only rumour, is that this is an Age of Sigma release only at this stage, which does tend to be supported by that particular statement there. It's coming from the Broken Realms thing, but I think they'd be stupid not to be doing that for 40k as well. However, the thing I want to point out about, about this particular thing, so at the start, we get a look of what is here. Mm -hmm. All of this that we've just gone through is just for the fantasy side of things. There's not a single 40k mentioned in here at all, which is... I think probably a good thing because it did feel like they were ignoring Age of Sigma there again for a little bit. But well, I don't know. Time's sure, numbers wise, I mean, forty k forty k is the bread and butter of of Games Workshop. I mean, that's what makes the money and pays the bills. But yeah, I mean, it gets it's still a market, you know, with with Age of Sigma. In my opinion, having, having you know, I, I poo-pooed a lot on Sigmar when it was first released, and then when they finally fixed the issue of, first, you know, units didn't have point values. As soon as they fix that and I start playing, I'm like, no, this is better. This is better than 40K even. And 40K has still um, not been able to f find that, you know, that right amount that uh, Sigmar has right now. No, and, and that's not through a lack of trying. I mean, they tried all the way through 8th, it's very clear that's what they were trying with Ninth. Uh, it's not even close from a gaming perspective. The thing I will say about when Age of Sigma was first released is I respect what they were trying to do with it. I do think that the idea they had initially was a good idea. It didn't work, but it was a good idea of trying to get magic but with miniatures instead because that's essentially yep. what it kind of felt like it was magic the gathering but with miniatures um because you just you, you picked the units that you want and you played with whatever you want um so in theory it was a casual gamer's dream but it kind of felt rushed and i feel that's why it didn't work yeah uh, they've definitely fixed all of that it's definitely as far as war gaming is concerned i think it's the i don't think they even have a comparison right now not from a games workshop perspective anyway it's easily the best game they make by a huge margin um like again it's the reason i keep on going hot and cold on 40k because it's just not 40k has fans that are die hard for the game and will look down at other people just because they dared to look at another game um it's where most of rage of sigma's um posts come from is the 40k community not the fantasy community yeah um because they just enjoy heaping garbage on top of the game that's not the one that they want to play fantasy had that issue as well where 40k players would look down on you for daring to play fantasy because it's a garbage game which as someone that was never interested in well it's not that i wasn't interested but it was never garbage um you only had to see the backlash from when it was closed down to know that it wasn't garbage yeah um I'm not. I'm still not going to say. I mean, Age of Sigma is not the best game on the market right now. I'm not sure it would even make top five. It would come very close to it though. Well, uh, uh, when you look at the whole picture of yeah, everything that they, they offer for it, and that's also going to depend on who you talk to as well. I mean, some people are going to be like, yes. "Nope, this is the best." Yeah. Like, I, I well, know I couldn't some... tell you what my favorite miniature game is. No. Um. All right. <laughs> now, there's, I suspect that you're just reading the comments that I made. All of those comments that I made, I'm going to try and not say out loud. Oh, that's the wrong thing. I already have, I already have to... Uh, so have to we are discussing, through, so. we, we are discussing a company that I have very strong opinions of. About a game that I have very strong opinions of. Zombicide is back on Kickstarter, again, uh, and it's making a lot of money. How many for them now? Oh, yeah. I know you're trying to tr trigger me. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be good here. Um, for the for the uh, patreons, I may give you a hint of a, a bit of a, a rant later. So.
So Zombicide Undead or Alive is completely new because it's in the Wild West. Um, but of course it's not because it's the same thing that it always is. So we're currently on 1.1 million. Um, 16 days ago, yeah. almost 12,000 backers. I mean, as always, this has some really good looking sculpts. Bruce, I, legit, I just watched it. A backer just dropped off. It went from 77 to 78 to 77. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Is someone listening to us right now? <laughs> um, possibly. Oh, we're back up. It's at 78 now. Oh, it's back up? Okay. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> they changed their pledge value. So there is a lot of these that feel very, very similar to their old. So, for example, this abomination is it's the abomination from the other games but he has a wild west hatter like that that feels like it's the only thing they've changed uh it's just recycled i mean i do yeah. realize that there is sculpting that has to go into this but i don't feel like this has anywhere near the amount of work that's gone into this that even the other ones have i mean i could be wrong on that but i mean i do like the fact that hey yes you're getting your doc hol holidays you're getting your wild bills yeah i was gonna say share the if you go to the stretch rewards, I mean, if this is your kind of game to back, the stretch rewards are just worth it because, I mean, just so many of the historical figures that mm. you know, they are just flat out naming in this game are just, it's awesome. I mean, it's not just Wyatt Earp, it's Sheriff Earp. Yeah. Oh, wooden dice. Interesting. Yeah, the wooden Ooh. dice actually look kind of cool. Yeah, mm. I do. I will admit I do like that. They're custom dice, though, so they're useless for everything else. But, I, I will, yeah. I will say so, something like a wood, like, you know, nothing that's plastic, like, you know, wood dice, metal dice, you know, something where it's like, you know, a craftable, you know, uh, I, I'm a sucker for. I, I don't like paying for them, but I love to look at them and touch them. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be something that you will either love or you will hate. Zombicide is pretty much without question the number one board game in retail slash Kickstarter and has been for years. This, for those that have been following us, for a, for a while is the reason why I have the opinion that I do because this is a property that doesn't belong on this website. Um, not ranting, I'm just explaining. Um, they certainly, they they know how to sell their product. Look, every single time these guys go on Kickstarter, they make a stupid amount of money. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes long term. Um, they have a very loyal fan base. As much as I don't understand it, they really, really do. Um, here's well, an interesting so, question. What are they charging for shipping? Um, yeah, fairly average. It's not, it's not bad. I was going to say, uh, apparently New Zealand is part of Australia, according to this. New Zealand would be very unhappy to hear that. Well, it's, it's the same part of the world. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a short hop from Australia to. Oh no, New Zealand have an open invitation to join our country anytime they want, and have had for about a hundred and something years. But they want to remain separate, which is perfectly fine. That's why I made the comment. So I, I'm I, I am not going to back this, but I am definitely going to keep my eye on it for for one thing. I want to mm. see. Let's see, a uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars stretch goal. Um, what was Massive Darkness? Massive Darkness Two. That was yeah. I don't want a late pledge. I've already pledged. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we're oh here we go. Uh, so they were looking for twice as much for Massive Darkness. They were looking for three hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. They hit three point eight. So it's going to be. The thing curious. with this stuff that you need to remember though is that the only reason that those pledges are the way they are 
is because when things get successful, everybody starts to jump on. Right. Um, the reason that Zombicides are so low is because they they could advertise a dirty piece of wood with the Zombicide logo on it and it'll still make a million dollars without anybody sneezing. Well, um, here, here's the thing. I kind of ridiculous. Said, you know, the... Uh... What was it? The abomination. Only difference is it's wearing a hat. So maybe they only need one hundred fifty thousand yeah. because they're only making so much more new content, and everything else is just a recycle. But I, it'd be curious yeah. to see. I, I, I wonder if it, you know, despite being you know the one hundred fifty mark, if it's going to do you know four point two or you know some some obscene number, you know, versus like MD two. Yeah, English only is interesting. Not, not that that should be really surprising, but. Um... Yeah, so yeah, it, it's interesting to say. I'm happy to say I did avoid mostly ranting. Um, Zombicide, of all things, will usually trigger me into giving my opinion more than anything else. Uh, not because it's... I mean, Zombicide is a good game. There's a reason why everybody rips this game off. And I mean yeah. rips this game off. Um, like, every second or third thing that comes up on Kickstarter is a rip-off of that game, but with different models. It's not even very well hidden. Uh, the one I will point out is the Ghost Starter game from a couple of years ago. There was two different ones of them, and they were basically this, but reskinned. Um, it was kind of pathetic really i do own one of them and the sculpts are really nice but the fact that it was just zombicide reskin was really <laughs> disappointing yeah because if that was the case i would have bought zombicide anyway actually discussing some war hordes for a change only the one model though um the grimkin are a creepy grimkin are kind of like it, it's the the fantasies from when you're a kid all come to life come back to so we've got these creepy, gritty little pigmen and all of these sort of nursery rhyme type stuff. Uh, this is a new leader the that's real coming fairy out. Tale, as, as Grimm told it, yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a beautiful looking mini based off the picture. Oh yeah, I I yeah. own a whole heap of Grimkin, most of which is still untouched. That I keep on thinking I should sell, and I still haven't. Um, because you've been waiting for this, I'm, so you can. <laughs> well, it's not so. It's not so much that. Um, I brought it with the intention of like, okay, I'm finally going to give this game a go. Uh, I, I was never going to get competitive with it, but Warmer Hordes is one of those games where the community is what turned me off it. And I was like, okay, I know enough people in this that I know that not the actual com most of the community is good. It's only one or two people that are bad. Um, so I got into it with like the, okay, no, I'm actually going to give this a go. I want to paint up some stuff. That's all I'm doing. And maybe I'll have a game or two. And the person I wanted to play with moved away. So oh, it was like, uh, now, yeah, but, which, which is fine. Because um, it was never a game that I was actually interested in playing. It was just a fun idea, I guess. Um, the, one, the, the couple of things I did paint, I was actually quite proud of. I'll have to show them off at some point. Um, but the, this thing is beyond gorgeous. I mean, the faces and the wings and stuff are just... yeah. I mean, oh, good. I, yeah, I, I hope good. to God that that's actually like part of the sculpt and not, you know, some ridiculous pro painter who went through it and like did that all. For no, me. that'll be part of the sculpt. I'll guarantee you that'll be part of the sculpt. They don't do that. Be, I, I mean, if it's you can also like, see the detail in it. I, I've seen some of the painting people have been been able to do, and it looks like the details there. And it's like, oh no, I just freehanded that in like twenty minutes. Yeah. So, um, so I, I thought that was gorgeous. I thought that was worth looking at. This is probably um, one of the best looking minis I've seen in a long time. Um, it, yeah. it's flying. The, the 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 flight stand is is sturdy looking. I mean, it looks like it's a, a substantial piece, not like some of the uh, uh, the recent uh, Necron stuff where it's like if you sneeze on that, it's gonna snap. 
Yes. Um, this is made out of metal and resin. Usually okay, with no, privateer press. Well, usually with privateer press, the bottom stuff is made out of metal and resin is the detailed stuff on top. Uh, yeah, which in the case of what you were talking about is only going to help with the rigidity. Yeah, um, I, privateer I press not, have uh, very little in the way of hard plastic stuff. And I yeah, mean I, very little. I do not like the mixing of my kits. It, it, it's annoying as hell for me because then you're trying to glue... A metal to a resin. Mm. Um, the thing I will say, in my experience, I'm being very clear on this because I know what certain members of the Warmer Horde community gets like when it comes to criticizing the product. In my opinion and my experience, I have found that most of the kits that get advertised as plastic are not plastic. They are rustic to the point where... I know that technically it is a plastic, but I would argue that it's falsely advertised. Um, because if you're saying that something is plastic, you know that that's not what people think they're buying. Yeah. Um, and to give point where it's due, Mantic are just as bad for it. But Mantic have actually started releasing proper plastic kits. They have stopped actually using Restic now, finally. Yeah. And with Mantic, uh, you kind of expected it because they were a cheaper company to begin with, whereas Privateer Press sell at Games Workshop prices. Hell, more. This thing's a $40 model. It also looks a lot bigger, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next next on our list... Um, I added this for us. Yeah, which which we still haven't uh, done our little uh, game yet. Uh, Mythic... No, we're going to do that this week. Not Wednesday. I have a Blood Bowl game. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, Mythic, we'll discuss that later. Round two of Super Fantasy Brawl. Now, yeah. they, they went out and specifically said this is not season two. This is just another set of, uh, of models for the current game. Nothing is changing with the current game. This is just more characters for the game. Which, from the outset, we were told that this was coming. Though, the original plan, and I'm not being nasty here, the original plan and what we were originally told is that all of this stuff was going to retail. Now, obviously, we know why that hasn't happened because current situation of the world. Um, but I just think that's worth mentioning because if we didn't mention that, we'd probably get called out on it, like we were being favoritism or something. Yeah. Which is not what's going on. But um, I'm currently unsure as to whether I'm going to back this or not. I haven't actually decided yet. I'm going to wait to see what the Kickstarter page actually looks like. So, um, here, here's my opinion, Bruce. You want my opinion? Yep. So, right up here, yeah, I can reach it here. This is an add-on box for the game, you know, stretch goal, blah, 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 right? Yep. This box right here, I don't think I'm ever going to need any more than that. Not. There's, what, 12 minis in this, and everything to play the game in this box. If yep. I'm a TO and I'm running an SFB, you know, tourney, sure, whatever. Me, as, you know, I'm going to go play with friends or whatnot, I'm not going to need more than this box, period. Yeah. For um, those that are watching the video of this and are wondering why I'm only showing off things on the Facebook page, is that's where these things were advertised. Here's something I find interesting, though. One of the things that's being advertised on the Kickstarter is Goldar. Goldar's in the original game. Why is he being advertised as being in it? Wait, what? Where? Uh, the post from February 19. Yeah, okay, I'm looking. Let's see. The pirate-looking dude. He's, like, fourth down. But he's literally in the original game. I don't understand why he's being advertised. Because he already exists. Unless am... maybe people are going to have the chance to buy the base game again. 
Well, it's at retail. Let if, uh, let me go, let me let me check here. I'm fairly certain that the, the the base game is retail right now. It is supposed. Yeah, you can buy it through the web store. I just I don't understand. And, and it says like Super Fantasy Brawl Round Two is coming to Kickstarter in March. Join the official gaming group, which actually I would recommend. Um, unlike most official groups, this is not one where they pat the back of the company that make it all the time they are actually critical in what they i mean you do have fans there obviously but there are equally people that'll go no i think this is stupid um it is actually good in that i would be careful though there is a couple of toxic groups out there you you, if you're going to join a group for any game you kind of want to spend a few days getting used to the community first before you make an opinion um because you walk into some groups not specifically about this but you walk into some groups about i don't know let's just say the batman game and you'll be there and the first 10 posts will be people having a go and abusing the shit out of the company that make it um generally speaking if you're joining a, a fan built community around a game give it a few days before you make an opinion on whether the community is good or not. But yeah, I, I find this really odd. Like, this is 100% a mini that already exists, but it's being advertised as round two. I don't... I'm not seeing this, Bruce. I... I'm seeing You are? Okay, maybe I... Yeah. I couldn't get my... I, I, I couldn't get things set up uh, to go with, you know, oh, wait, it's because I'm on a browser that doesn't have me logged in on Facebook. <laughs> mad at it. Yeah, sure. Once again, George the Marine for you folks. I do IT. I fix your computer. Michelle, we gotta get him some more crayons. Hush. Um, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I, I'm probably not gonna back this. Um, all, yeah. Also, to me, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack ha- half a step on, on this for you, Bruce. Um, mm-hmm. they had a very successful Kickstarter. This game is in retail. Why, why is this game on Kickstarter again? Well, that that's why I said what i did earlier all of this stuff when this game was advertised as going on kickstarter we were told everything else would be coming at retail that's what we were specifically told now i understand why that's not happening at the moment because retail is just not getting new stuff at the moment because of covid and well and retail is probably not performing i'm still looking was a year ago well that's probably true as well uh, but if I'm going to call Simon out and how oh, often they're on Kickstarter, Mantic Games is just as, is there just as often, and this okay. is a property that wasn't supposed to be going back to Kickstarter. They so specifically I ju- stated that. I, I just refreshed the page, and now it's showing uh, Goldar uh, Round 2. Yeah. Like, what on earth is going on there? I'm wondering. Maybe it's an alternate version of the character. Oh, I, the mini is exactly the same. It's the same mini. Well, so so there's two versions. There's the white box, which has everything, and then the actual like other box only had like six or nine to start with. Oh, so maybe gold. Maybe oh, yeah, gold you might be box. right on that. So so maybe this round two is the other half of this box that people haven't gotten yet. Which then that goes back to why is it on Kickstarter? You've already got it made. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to say. I'm definitely going to be following this, and we will report back on this story. Um. For those that maybe haven't been following along as long, and, and Captain Socks, call me out on this if you think that I'm wrong, but this is a game that we have been a huge fan of and essentially has yes. done nothing but praise from the moment that we saw it. We both backed this. We yep. both own everything there is to do with this. So the fact that we're calling out this isn't... I mean, this isn't like me where I kind of criticise Simon at every possible turn. Um, th- this is us criticising something that we like and are calling a company that we enjoy out because we don't think this is okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Now, I'm sure people must think I like the sound of my own voice. I swear that's not true. 
This next story I'm viewing on the video on the On Tabletop website. The reason I'm doing that is GCT's website went down earlier today and I can't show you the original article. I know that On Tabletop or Beast of War also shared this at some point. So um, I'm giving credit where it's due because I am actually sharing information from their website. Uh, I just don't want people to think that I'm just here stealing content from. I mean, this this is a company that I'm a big fan of. I'm, I'm not stealing stuff from them. Real, um, real quick, Chris. I just looked. Super Fantasy Brawl is still showing it's not available for pre-order, not order, on uh, one of the websites I shop from. Hmm. Uh, on the video, people will be seeing at the moment the um, page being down. Uh, it looks to me like they've had a DDoS attack. I could be wrong on that, but that's why I'm not. I, I could be wrong, but okay. Bushido is a game that I keep on trying to tempt George with. Stop it. <laughs> no. GCT Studios make Bushido. It's like a fantasy Japanese um, world. Uh, we got some new characters coming out. Sorry, yes. Uh, I was good. Feudal, feudal Japan era. Yes, yeah. but a, a very fantasy version of it. Uh, this first character that's being shown off is probably my favourite of them at the moment. This is just amazing. Very androgynous in the way it's been designed, which I have a feeling is deliberate. Um, of course, it's got to have tentacles because it's evil and it has fire. So, of course, it has tentacles. Um, this next watery elemental creature is kind of creepy as well. It's kind of like the girl from the ring that crawls out of the TV. I just... These guys continue to do nothing but good things. Um, I'm not entirely sure what this next guy is supposed to be, but... He's clearly seen better days. He's been through a hell of a battle by the look of this. And this last one is for the faction that I have from memory. Uh, am I right? Yes. So th this last lady, which again is just beautiful artwork, um, is for the Ito clan, which is the one that I collect. So I will finally have something that I need to buy again, which reminds me I still need to strip all of my minis so I can repaint them. Also, it's, it's worth pointing out they say on their page that no kami were harmed during the during this process, so they're, they're, <laughs> they're being nice to the spirits. <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, Bushido is a game that doesn't seem to be afraid to do something a little bit different, and they, they really lean heavily into the feel of what their game is, which is why I really like it. Um, if you have even a passing interest in Japanese mythology or anime or anything of that that uh, ilk, this is a game to look at. This is just everything about this game is gorgeous. It is all metal, so if you love metal, this will be your thing. I'm not someone who loves metal. I hate it with a seething passion, and I still love this game. Um, their newer stuff is better than their older stuff from a building point of view because their older stuff um, doesn't quite have the lugs and stuff that the newer stuff does that makes it a little easier. You have a favourite on that page at all, Captain uh, Socks? Oh. The, the little guy rolling the fire the t element of the tentacles, he looked pretty cool. Yeah. What about you, George? Uh, dude with the uh, all the the half shirt and the uh, weapon he's swinging The around. guy that I was having trouble describing, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, well, just the uh, the floating sword thing. Floating sword thing? Yeah, the the very top picture where it looks like it's a fire element just holding the sword. That's from the original uh, link. Oh, is it back up? It's back up. It wasn't when I clicked on it. No, internet is down for me. Internet is a strange be... place. Google Ads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on is not entirely something that I had asked for, but it's kind of kind of similar to an idea that I had of. Of, like, an ape men army. I was going to say, this looks like Planet of the Apes type yeah. Chinese game, man. 
So Lucid Eye Creations have a couple of things I want to look at, but I'm just going to concentrate on this for the moment. This is like ancient battle simian like making tools and fighting each other. This, this is yeah. This is a really cool idea that I've never really seen anybody do before. Like this is all savage stuff. Lucid Eye Creations have like a few things that they're doing, uh, but this really jumped out at me. Mainly because I had spoken about wanting to do something like this. Not specifically this. I want a more fantasy esque version of like a, a fantasy Age of Sigma type army, but with apes instead of human. Well, they are humanoids, but you know what I mean. Um, but this is a really good start. Uh, I, I really like what they're doing with this. And this is like, th this is something that you could almost make anything you want to out of it, too. You could make this fit into a, a number of games just by being a little bit creative. The other thing I wanted to point out, who has heard of Frank Frazetta? At least I'm sure it's Frank Frazetta. If you go back to the actual main page, click on the link at the top that says Frazetta Death Dealer. This should be art. This should be stuff that you recognize. These pieces oh, hey. of art are famous. This looks like an old school uh, Conan the Barbarian comic book. This, th th these are some of the, th these are some of the most famous sword and sorcery artworks you have ever seen, but in miniature form. Like literally, they're being advertised in front of the piece of artwork that inspired them. Huh, that's pretty cool. I'm. Yeah, I am beyond tempted to grab at least one of these. Um, against the Gods and Death Dealer specifically. Uh, Death Dealer's probably the most famous one, but they are all very, very famous. Um, I have never seen anybody do them in 3D, though. I actually came across these a couple of weeks ago and meant to talk about it, but we didn't have time. But then when something else came up by the same company, it's like, oh, this is my chance to point this out. Like, if you're anybody that's been into sword and sorcery at all, and you're not familiar with Lucid Eye Creations, do yourself a favor, go to lucideyepublications.com, look up Frazetta Death Dealer. Like, these are literally straight out of the artwork, but in 3D. Um... If you uh, if you have an interest in this stuff, you can't pass on this stuff. I don't imagine it's going to be available for a very long time. Um, there's nothing on this page that says that they're limited, but I just don't imagine these being around forever. It's just nuts. This is something I genuinely thought that I would never see. Uh, but moving on again, were you familiar with that guy's artwork at all, Captain Socks? No, I wasn't. They do look cool. Yeah. Um, if I'm wrong on that, I'm sure it's Frank Frazetta, but I could be wrong on that. Um, okay, Archon Studio. So this is another one that's been advertised through their Facebook page. Another company that we've talked about a few times. Uh, this is the company that's doing one of the two He-Man games. So we've got an actual look of the He-Man that's coming inside the box. And we've got a look of Beast Man that's coming inside the box. And we've been given a look at... That's it. Oh, I've taken some of them down. Um, there was actually pictures of there was actually pictures of Skeletor and stuff too. Oh, that's disappointing. They have to remove them. So, so um, can I... you gotta scroll down, scroll down even further. There's uh, there's one of King Hiss, and then there's Trapjaw, and then Skeletor is down further. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. There's Trapjaw. Probably the best version of Trapjaw I've seen too, actually. Um, not my favorite character from the series, but he is very popular. I love Skeletor. Skeletor looks awesome. That Trapjaw looks good. Yeah, he that genuinely Skeletor looks threatening. Looks good. The Beast Man, he looks pretty good. Uh, King Hiss, um, I am not familiar with this one, and I am a child of that era, so... Um, 
King, King Hiss came out near the end of it and um, got explored in a little bit more depth in the 2000X, so the 200X series, yeah. which was the one from the 90s that nobody watched. I, I, and I will say this, right? I am less than impressed with the He-Man sculpt. Um, I think I do prefer the He-Man that I have from them, which is the one that I have that I showed off on the channel yeah. where he's... Um, on um, Battlecat, but this um, one, this one, it, he never really used I mean, the he, shield. So, so why does he have the shield? Yeah, I know the shield was a thing, but it just—it seemed like he never used it. And his his face seems weird to the rest of his chest and body, and his his the chest area to the rest of him it seems small. You know, in the scope of He Man. Well, they do seem to be aiming at this more towards the depiction in the cartoon and not the toys. Um, which I prefer because I'm not a huge fan of the way that the toys were as an adult. I know well, that they have their fans. I'm just not one of them. Well, if you um, look out at the Skeletor, the Skeletor chest to, to with, on the torso proportion, that's more what the He-Man should be. Actually, yeah, no, I'll give you that. No, you are right on that, definitely. Yeah, no, he, do, he does yeah. look small in comparison. Yeah. If, if you take yeah. that chest and torso of Skeletor and put it on the He-Man manager... It might be the it might be the because the body's also kind of on its side a little bit as well, so it might that it looks smaller than it is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the angle they took the photo at, but based off this photo, I'm I'm not that impressed with it. It's mm. he he is the hero of Eternia. Why does he look like that? Yeah, and, and tra trap jaw looks that trap jaw model looks amazing in my opinion. I think that looks just spot on good. Yeah, yeah, trap trap jaws. Trapjaw is a character that I always felt was hard to kind of make look threatening just because of how silly he looks, but he genuinely looks threatening in this. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me, I mean, a lot of He-Man was very silly, but it, it, it some of it translates. But Beast-Man is something that's always translated well because he's a feral beast-type creature. Like, it's very hard to make that look dumb. They really succeeded in the cartoon because he was supposed to be dumb. Um but Trapjaw is something that either works or it doesn't, depending on how it's depicted. Yeah. Uh, I do think they've done a good job. So with like the, like the, the Snake Man type characters, that's always going to be threatening because it's a Snake Man character. Um, and, well, Skeletons are walking skeleton heads, so you can't not have that be threatening. The other thing that got announced, and I'm only going to browse through this very, very briefly, is there's a frequently asked questions on the website for the game. So I'm going to scroll past this very quickly. Uh, they're still aiming for the first or second quarter of 221, so that has been delayed a little bit. Um, it's going to be available in English, German, and Spanish. But they talk about how to compare this game. So apparently this is going to be more of a comparison with Runebound combined with Risk. Uh, I'm not familiar with Runebound. Risk, I know it has miniatures, but it's not a game I would have associated with them specifically because you could play that with cubes for all that really matters. Yeah. Um, Mythic pa Battle Pantheon is one of the other games this company has made, just because I suspect that you two aren't familiar. Um, can Skeletor win? Well, that's in, all in your... I, I just love the fact that they actually put that there. I thought that was hilarious. Um, they are going to be doing vehicles, but it looks like it's going to be more on the base of cards than miniatures themselves. You will have locations on the map, and you kind of got a little hint of what the map's going to look like here. So this is obviously where the... Um the risk side of things comes into play. Um, I'm going to have to see more of this personally before I make the decision whether I'm going to back it or not, because I don't know if this is a game I'm going to enjoy. Um, but you can't really say whether you're going to enjoy that enjoy it until it comes out anyway. Um, the base game characters is She-Man, is he Shearer, Man-at-Arms, Ram-Man, Teela, 
Stratos, sorry, Stratos, Trapjaw, Triclops, Beastman, Evil Lynn, Skeletor, and Merman. So it's the basic casts, essentially, uh, and probably the more popular of the characters, really. Um, otherwise, everything's still questions. I mean, there is more there. I am being very, very brief on this because we'll, it's not... If you want to have a look for yourself, archonstudio.com or archon-studio.com. Just do a Google search for Archon Studio. It's not hard to find. Uh, and there's a link right on the front page. But I wanted to cover it because... Well, we talked about the game a few times, and one of the things I'm trying to do at the moment is I'm still trying to compare this with what Seaman, as I Seaman, will eventually do, um, because I want something. I just don't know right. which one it's going to be yet. <laughs> uh, next on the list, th- this w- while you were talking, Bruce, I sat here and, and and contemplated what what we've got here from TT Combat. Yeah, and, and, and I have like this huge wild conspiracy theory thing ready to go, like. All I need is a bunch of pictures and string over here. So we oh, I know where you're leaning. You're leaning into something that we helped, that we helped inspire. The, 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 <laughs> the rumor mill that we're still like pushing for, so we can be like, we we came up with that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they're doing a Lewis, parking garage, watching. right? Yeah, we're doing a parking. They've got a parking garage, right? So you can have a mm-hmm. place to park your park your cars. But it's a multi-story, so you can have multi-stories to this parking garage. And there's there's other, oh, you know, like, lives. yeah, the, you know, they've got some Motel 66 uh, stuff, uh, uh, not Motel 6 in any way, um, uh, a cor- some corner stuff and everything. But the, the car garage, they, they've designed that so it can be stacked, so you have multiple levels. Now, in mm-hmm. Drop Zone Commander, you go into a building, and there's multiple levels. You have to search the floors, find the objective, right there, socks. Yep, that's right. So Multiple we got, levels. We, come on, drop squad. We got, we got orbit. We've got the, the city. We're getting him to the point of like going into a building with multiple levels. Drop squad, drop squad commander. <laughs> we're, we're watching you, Lewis. We, we, you may not be willing to admit it out loud, but we are watching you. And you know that we're watching you on this and have been for a long time. In fact, longer, <laughs> longer before you own the franchise. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, what was I Dave's quote? I can't comment on that right now. Yeah, yeah, so, like uh, yeah I believe Nigel said, uh, "Any we've got drop fleet and drop zone. Any thoughts of a drop squad? He was just like, no comment. <laughs> so I think this is the second time we've seen a, a variable height terrain from TT Combat now. Yeah. Um, I, the, the other side of this, of course, is that in 28 mil at the moment, where else can you go to be used this stuff? Marvel Crisis Protocol comes to mind immediately for obvious reasons. Walking Dead comes to mind immediately as well. Uh, I don't know as far as rule set, as far as um, multiple levels and stuff in that, but even if you're not watching for an eventual hopeful drop squad, there's a lot of things that you could use this in, and I mean a lot of things you could use this in. Uh, even well, hell, that's a drop in 40k. I, I probably wouldn't put it in 40k, though. What yeah, skills what, what? Is it I know that's more of a sci-fi, but is sci-fi 28 mil or is that... More closer to thirty. No, that's twenty-eight mil. Yep, so it could definitely work. And, and you can't tell me that parking garage. Are, there's no way they're not going to exist in the future. Yeah, I, I was going to say a parking garage is a parking garage, regardless what century it's in. It's a building that yeah. you know is designed to hold lots of cars. Okay. Yeah, I was more talking about the Motel sixty-six. That that that's a little more modern than well, yeah, normally in in uh, Infinity. But yeah, the parking garage would be perfect for Infinity. I do like the motel. The motel's probably my favourite from this. But in saying that, I've not seen someone pull off the car park before. And that th- this pulls it off well and truly. Can, 
can I point out it took more than a half a second for me to realize that on the uh, the Motel 66 standard room that that was an ice machine and not a vehicle parked under there that was branded in <laughs> enforcement. <laughs> I'm like, laughing because it took me half a second to realize that as well. I was like, wow, Lewis and them are getting bold. Immigration, customs, and enforcement. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a, no, it's just an actual ice machine where you get ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and it like some of these come with vending machines and yeah i, I like i like this you, you this could be like a uh like a cityscape type of thing like just i don't know if there's any games where it's like you know right now stuff but this would be perfect for that there is there's definitely some right now stuff uh they just don't tend to be as big popular because um, it's it's you, real world you've stuff got You've got Team Yankee. That's kind of World War Three modern yeah, but, stuff. But isn't but that like that's 10 mil? 15 millimeter? Uh, 15, 15. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, 30, 28 millimeter. I'm not familiar with any stuff really either. But there are games that are specifically modern day. Uh, they tend to be more like things like Osprey and stuff, like your smaller, like this is just something you can do anything with type things. Uh, I, I would probably put it into the same category as the historical gaming where. It definitely exists, but it's not something you find unless you're looking for it. Yeah. Uh, I know that it exists because they've discussed it on on Tabletop a few times um, because that was a question they asked a few years ago as well. But let me guess, we still don't have a bumper for aiming for the indie, do we? No, we we do not. Um, I will say this, though. uh, These paints look familiar that I'm seeing on this page, though. There's a reason for that. that, Are they from the... uh, um... The Studio X Kickstarter? Yeah, they got featured in that. Um, It's not actually how I come across... Well, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It was like, oh, I came across them randomly and then um, realized that that's why I recognized them. Uh, Why are you doing that? Okay, so Monument Hobbies actually have a few things. They have some brushes and stuff as well. And I think I might start at the brushes because they're probably a bit more interesting. I was going to say that. That's what I'm trying to open up right now is the brushes, but the page is not agreeing with me. So they sell bomb wicks, which is just a really cool name for a brush. Um, The artwork kind of shows some dwarves shooting brushes out of a cannon, which is just all kinds of funny. Um, You can buy them individually or you can buy them in bundles. Obviously, I'm not going to bother looking at the bundles because we're just kind of having a look at the systems themselves. So as far as the hobbies themselves, they do have a, a couple of different ones. You, you've got your the Bombwick are your so I could have this around the wrong way. The Bombwick are your natural fibers, and I believe the artillery is your synthetic fibers. Uh, I could have that around the wrong way, but that's my understanding. Um, there is different styles as well. Uh, I kind of I like the shape of the handle. The handle actually looks rather comfortable. I'm still trying to get pictures to load to where I can see stuff because the internet is not agreeing with me tonight. Yep. Um, I'm just going to generally talk through this then. Uh, They do have brush care products as well. No, they're not alone in this, obviously. There is a few different companies that sell uh, sell brush care products. Um, You do have a brush rack as well, which is just, it's a brush rack. Um, They have a hobby bag, which is interesting. I mean, it's, it's a bag but you've got one that has foam for your paints and stuff as well. It looks like a very simple bag, um, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, it doesn't look anything fancy. Um, there's certainly no hard stuff in the walls there. Uh, this is also another company that does hobby racks because 
we can never get enough hobby racks. Uh, in saying that, I actually really like these hobby racks. They kind of feel a bit like the um, hobby zone, but they are very different. It's it's definitely its own thing. Um, you kind of get a preview of it there. I actually I like the way that they look. It's nice and it kind of feels like it, it kind of feels like it's a tool shed, but for minis. Yeah. Um, I do I do kind of like that. Uh, and they do have their own range of tools. From memory, these are largely just what you would expect. You've got your scrapers, you've got the bottles, if you want to use their bottles and not other people's. Uh, it's all fairly standard-looking stuff. But the big thing from Monument Hobbies is the paint range. Now, this paint range has been shown off on Kickstarter several times by a few different companies. Um, so something this is going on with the internet tonight because I just got an alert that their website is not safe now. So <laughs> It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any issues at all. Well, as um, long as the pages are taking the load and, and just getting that, that there's been stuff yeah. happening the last few days too. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So you've got your usual suspects. You've got your primers. Uh, you've got your empty bottles that we've already seen. They sell sets of things, uh, which is probably the best way to buy them if you are going to buy them. From the reviews that I've seen, I have not seen anybody speak negatively about the paint range. But this is not a set that's easy to find, like your Vallejos and your Citadel well uh this is something that you would have to go out to find for yourself uh i have not used this obviously the thing i do want to point out is that this bottle size that they have is a size of their own this would fit in the footprint of the citadel bottles but it's a dropper so they're not just reusing the same dropper bottles that everybody else is they're kind of trying to do their own thing with it yeah this uh, is hypothetically like old, uh, you can get yeah it's it's like an old elmer's glue uh twist up clothes yes which means it'll actually hold it a little bit better again. Uh, you shouldn't have that problem of everything getting stuck within the lid. Yeah. You can also get the alternate bottle, which is just the flip open, like the Vallejo yeah. Primus have. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from this stuff. Price rises, pretty much it's, it's in the range of what you would expect it to be. It's not stupid cheap. It's not stupid expensive. It's kind of, it, it, it's in the range. They've got endless amounts of colors. Um, which for a smaller company you don't normally expect. You kind of expect it to be, they'll have a little bit here and there. Um, so this is kind of along the same lines as Green Stuff World, where they have their own paint range that you would have to buy deliberately from them unless you had already got it through a Kickstarter. I almost brought some of this through the Studio X one. I just couldn't afford it at the time. Um, but I just thought this was worth showing off. I don't remember how I came back across this, uh, but it's been on our list of things to cover for a little while. I just thought it was worth looking at. Um, there is actually, the, the, if you look for, far enough through, you actually come across, although they're not going to call it, but the, there is actually a faded ultramarine, which is very much a highlight for the ultramarine color, yeah. um, which is nice to see. That's kind of something that... Um, Privateer Press do with their paint lines as they have specific colours that are designed to highlight other colours um, as opposed to Vallejo which just call their things all these different things and then you, you make the decision for yourself they kind of they're trying to help with the cho with the colour choices there a little bit now if I, if yeah, I, I just think it's so low yeah. um, these prices are very comparable if not better yeah. than a lot of other yeah. paint prices out there yeah. especially when hang on I'm just going to pick a colour at random how many mil is this 22 22 mil. So this is actually bigger. So no, it is better. It is better value. That's actually bigger than the Balejo ones are. Yeah, because 17 the... mil versus. Because there's a 17 mil yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. 
Well, it's a 22 mil bottle. How many mils of paint they put in is a different story. Well, yeah, true. So, uh, no, yeah, um, paint is good. Um, I'm very happy with the paints I've been using here of late. Um, yes, likewise. I, I wasn't showing these off because I was unhappy with what I'm using. I just wanted people to be able to see what else is out there. I oh oh that red looks good. The acrylic uh, bold primroll red. Yep, that's a good looking red. Yeah, they have a lot of really nice looking colors. Yeah, so uh, yeah, good good looking stuff. Uh, eventually, when I get to, to to load up, like I said, there the interwebs seem to be having issues again. Uh, actually, the one last thing I am going to say on this. Yeah, on their website for the um, brushes. So not the brushes, the paints. The thing I like is that they actually let you select specific colors so that you can just look at those colors. I just you noticed that I clicked through. on that. You don't have to look through several pages of things just to find the thing because usually they're sorted by name or by number. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they're doing that, and I, I give them props for that. That's really, really good. But, yeah, otherwise, I believe next is hobby time. Dream, blue, crying, paint. What have you been up to, Captain Socks? Not much. You're being so quiet over there. Not much. So, uh, as the two of you know, but the rest of the uh, community that listens to us uh, hasn't heard, uh, right after I, we recorded last, I got a uh, job opportunity to get hired on as at another base. And so I will be moving this summer to Tampa, Florida. And so my hobby time has been slowly getting things ready to get packed up when the movers show up here in a couple months. So, hmm. uh, consolidating stuff. Uh, however, good news is is I'll have my own paint room and game room again in my new house. So nice. once I get that back up and running, I'll have... But you'll be Florida Man then. I will be Florida Man then, or, or whatever Captain Warren... You know how to call yourself Florida Man. There's already a Florida Man that exists. Whatever. So. And he's about three times bigger than you are. You will not beat him in a fight. <laughs> Remind me to link you to a page of the man that I'm referring to. Trust me. So Sounds good. He beats you. <laughs> so, hobby time in terms of models and putting together stuff, not much, uh, but still running my kids through D&D, so that's been my hobby time. So. Nice. George? What about yourself, George? Uh, I played a game of Blood Bowl. I lost said game of Blood Bowl, but I got more paint on my Blood Bowl team before I went and played said game of Blood Bowl. And Ooh, I know so we you discussed... did what I told you to then. Huh? So you did do what I told you to then. Yes, yes, I, I did do some painting. Um, I, I, no, 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 I told you to play before they were finished so that you can get some games in. Oh, yeah, no. Well, it's a league, so I, I, I'm going to have to play a game Wednesday night despite I hate doing things like that in the middle of the week because work and stuff. But um, I, I've gotten... I've been getting some really good results with my Scale 75 flush set that I got. Uh, and I've been using the black and white set that I originally got for Scale 75. So um, nice. that paint has been sitting on my shelf for over a year and it's still uh, coming out in great shape and everything. Uh, the one thing, you know, messing with the paint and stuff like that, uh, I'm so glad I got an airbrush because getting an airbrush, I now have a bottle of Flow Improver. And to me, for thinning the paint... To get nice, even, smooth coats. Mixing a drop of Flow Improver in with a drop of that paint versus trying to thin it with water like, you know, two thin coats stuck and does and everything. 
using flow prover so much better in my opinion especially when that that paint can end up going very powdery after a while which is the issue and, i had with it and, and being very thick coming out yeah oh massively yeah yeah um, and it's definitely not something to be using straight yeah the the other thing that i i i know we talked about it and i just i did not realize it until i started working with it and getting it on all nice and smooth it is so matte it is, it is so nice because doing your your low light and highlight it's so much easier when you have no no shine and then you throw like your wash on or whatever and it's just it's so much easier to make it look better and also with the the range of scale seventy five, the way I got it, I'm using this color. So I'm going to use the color to the left and to the the color to the right. And guess what? There's my low light and highlight, pretty easy. Yep. So uh, there's that. Um... No, there's nothing nothing else on my workbench except for that. Nice. You've uh, been up to some stuff, uh, Bruce. Well, some people know this, some people don't. I've actually been away for the last two weeks. I only got home yesterday. Um, I was visiting my family in Tasmania. Uh, so as I stated in the last episode, I did not take anything with me. I did, however, end up ordering something later in the day after the podcast. And if I turn my blurry thing off, it's this. So this is a RC kit by Tamiya. I'll show the bottom. I know that you guys have seen this. Um, so this is what they refer to as a TTO2. Uh, this is one of two kits that I've ordered. This is not the one that's going to be my main one um, because I want a buggy for my main car. So this is all mainly plastic, um, apart from like your, wing, your wheel nuts. And there's a couple of things inside here that are metal because they wouldn't survive otherwise. Uh, this is just built standard. There's no extra fancy parts on this at all. My body... Ooh, I almost dropped it. Don't, don't drop that. No, survived. I would not be very happy. They would have survived. So, now I'm going to be very careful on and which side that I show this off on, and then I will not be careful and show you why I'm being careful. Oh, <laughs> that's really, Over, I just realized Oh, uh, masking issues a bit. Oh. Yeah. So, this is a model of the Audi Quattro from 1991. Uh, it's designed as a touring car, essentially. And you can actually see already there, there's been some masking issues around here. This is the really bad side of it, where everything just kind of oh, failed, uh, yeah. which is fine. Look, this is the very first time that I'd done something like this. Um, and I've spoken a few times about how much I hate using spray cans. Um because I, I just don't find spray cans very helpful. Um, on the inside here, if I can, that is now see-through again, because when I first put it on my car, uh, it was rubbing on the body, so the wheel actually rubbed the paint off. <laughs> oh, jeez. Nah, it's all right. It, it, it happens. But for my first experience, I'm actually really happy. The first thing my mate Rod said, uh, once I actually... Showed him what it was like. There you go. That's the kit altogether. Uh, was that, hey, bring the body over to my pace and I can help you uh, strip it if you want. And I'm like, no, I'm going to leave it that way for now. Because the one thing I want to do is once I've built a couple of kits is to be able to look back on this and see how much better the next one is. Well, not the next one, but future ones. Because I didn't keep my original miniatures or I repainted them after a while. So I can't really do that with my very first stuff because I didn't keep it. Um, so I want to be able to look back and see how I improved over time. Uh, the next kit that I have coming, the buggy, is already pre-painted. So I can't, well, w without either getting a second body for it that I don't need or um, stripping it, which I don't really need to do either. 
Um, I don't really have a way of painting that without causing myself money that I don't need to. Right. But it won't. Be, there will be other ones that I'll buy a more advanced kit and have a go on that, and I'll be airbrushing those ones because I can see myself having a lot more success with the airbrush given the experiences I've had with them. So for anyone that didn't listen to the last episode where I spoke about this already... The reason for these colour choices is I intend to sticker this up to make it look like it's a car that we sponsored. So the idea is the Getting Tabled logo will appear on here. It's probably going to be written across here. On the doorway here will be like the Australian US flags follow, uh, followed by our names like you see on the touring cars. That's the idea anyway. We'll see how it turns out. Bruce, you're pointing um, at the wrong side of the car. It's supposed to be on the driver's side. <laughs> on both doors. But this is the better looking side. <laughs> No, no, that is the right side of the car. Maybe the you better looking side of the car, but no, that's the wrong side of the car there, Bruce. not my fault that you drive on the wrong side of the road. No, we drive on the right side of the road. No, the wrong side of the road. No, the right side. No, and we this drive is on the right, the right side. side of the car. The left side is on this side. <laughs> Although I will say, buying a US spec car in England while I was there and driving on that side, that was way, my, my brain was nuts, going nuts for the first couple times. <laughs> US spec car in England. <laughs> um, when I went to Canada seven or eight years ago now, um, and I was driving on the wrong side of the road in Canada, I actually didn't find it anywhere near as hard as I expected to. Uh, I kind of, I'd always been, because I knew it was coming, and I was like, oh, I need to be careful with this. I need And I mean, to me, it just kind of felt like, I mean, it's all the same. It's just in reverse. Um, it, it felt weird, but I didn't have any problems with it, if that makes any sense. Now I'm going to re-blur my camera because my bed is a mess. <laughs> See, that's one thing I will be looking forward to is my computer in my new house will be down in my game room, so you won't see the, the rest of my bedroom behind you, me. You'll see something like this, Socks? Exactly. Just like that. Yeah. It'll be awesome. I, I am... I have plan one of the big plans I have for this year is to reorganize not where things are in the bedroom, but reorganize the bedroom so that I actually have a bit of a backdrop as well. Um, I want to redo the bookcase and that over here and have it so that when we're recording, I'm sitting on that side of the desk, not this side of the desk, so that it'll look a bit better. Yeah. But we'll see. Anyways, some game, game talk. Talk nerdy to me. So, George. Bruce. Yes. Or George. The Scourge. Yep, we're doing Scourge today. All and right. I, you put the link for you kept the link for uh, Drop Fleet. So in the uh, run sheet, uh, drop, new... drop Zone Commander. Yeah. Yep. We're going over Scourge Infantry tonight. So. Yep. All right. So I guess I will start with the Warriors, and uh, I'll start with the Warriors, and then you you go on with the aged ones, I suppose. Yeah, that works. It's just that there is one particular thing. Oh, we'll just go. There's one particular unit that I want to point out. It's the one that I really like, but I'll have to do that later. Okay, so your standard warriors. This is the ones that come in your starter kit. Um, you can also buy them separately, and they are slightly better. Well, massively better sculpts if you buy them separately. Or they were, unless they've changed this. I think it's still the basic ones in the kit. Um, okay, so the warriors have a two-inch move. Uh, they've got seven armor, five damage, and they're an infantry three plus. They don't really have any special rules as such. Uh, they have plasma rifles. Uh, they've got front, side, and rear arc, which shouldn't really surprise me. It's a it's an infantry other, obviously. Um, the range of fire is 12 inches, and the range of, I believe it's combat, is 12 inches. Counter, counter to range full. So ah, if they're, if they're thank you. Against, or against other units that have countermeasures, 
you use the range count or the range with the C in the parentheses. If they don't, it's the range full, but yeah. down here it's the same. Yeah. Um, for those that haven't been following us for a long time, I've only ever played two games of this, so rules-wise I'm not perfect on this. Um, That's one more game than I've played. <laughs> f- five shooting? Yep. Five shots. Yep. Five shots, thank you. And what's ACC? Accuracy. So pretty much your hit to hit value. Okay. Yep, that's fair enough. And I imagine that's three energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got a special rule which is focus. Uh, I don't know what RW minus one is. So um, RW is is every time you take a, a damage, you're going to lose one weapon, one dice in a sense, because you've lost one infantry uh, stand. Yep, that makes sense. Um, you've also got plasma pistols, which is. Basically, it's very similar, but it's only close quarters for your countermeasures and your full. Uh, it's still five shooting. Uh, it has no accuracy because it's close quarters only. And you've got no focus because, again, it's close quarters only. Focus is obviously something that lets you do better in your shooting and stuff. Yeah, it allows you to combine hits. And if you focus it, you get an, an, a bonus to your energy to try and hit yep. heavily armored units. Uh, 25 points, you got a squad size of 2 to 3. Um, like th- this is just, it's baseline, th- th- there's nothing bad about this, there's nothing out there spectacular about it either. Uh, they are just your standard tricks. Yep. Next up, uh, we've got aged ones. So, aged ones, uh, same kind of standard, uh, stats that the, uh, warriors have, 2-inch move, armor 7, 5 damage. Uh, they have bloodthirsty, I'm trying to remember what bloodthirsty is. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't. I'm, I play, primarily play Shatari and uh, PHR for trade drop zone. Find out. Uh, but they they have the same type of plasma rifles that the uh, warriors have, but they have ravening attacks. And so in their close quarters, they're doing ten shots versus the five that the warriors are getting. So uh, these are a little bit better in terms of close quarters, uh, probably because that bloodthirsty special is what I'm guessing as Bruce is looking it up. So um, think of these guys as if you're know the the background of drop zone is these are probably some of the guys that were around and uh taken over as hostages and as the new hosts after the scourge landed on earth yep after the scourge landed on earth they were the guys that got taken over as hosts as the new hosts but now that 250 years have passed on since uh the ucm have, have set off for reconquest these are the guys that are now meeting on Earth in the Cradle Worlds, try and retake it, those worlds. Okay, so, Bloodthirsty. Some warriors are almost mindless, highly aggressive creatures that will always focus on slaughtering enemies. So this is very much similar to the old Death Company rules that they used to have. Um, If this unit is in one one inch of an enemy unit, or in the same garrison as an enemy unit, then it may not move away or leave the garrison. This unit suffers a plus two penalty when searching for objectives. So capturing objectives is not something these guys are really good at. They can be used for it, but it's obviously not what their focus is. Uh, This is designed to be taking out enemy units. Yep. Uh, again, 25 points. Uh, same price as your Warriors, a squad of two to three. Uh, so not bad uh, if you want to just rush in there and just try and take out other units without having to move into your exotic-style uh, troops that the Scourge have available. So uh, Yeah. 
Um, do you have it up yet, George? Yeah. Yeah, I've got razor. Do you want to go into up. the razor worms? Yeah. Razor um, worms are probably one of my favorite looking things in the entire game, especially with the lore behind them. So, yeah, I'm guessing it's the ones I've seen where it just looks like a, a pile of little worms that have a move of Pretty three much. inches, uh, armor of eight, which that's worse, right? Because it's like armor's better. Higher armor's oh, better. Oh, they've got better armor in it. Okay. Uh, damage of three, infantry two plus, dodge five plus, and bloodthirsty. Um, they have no range whatsoever. They are all uh, close quarters uh, with teeth and claws. Uh, front side and rear, obviously. Uh, shots is three, I'm guessing, with an energy of seven. Dodge, just for the record, is exactly what it sounds like. It's just essentially an, a chance to dodge. So... Uh, 20, 20 points for, for a unit, so slightly cheaper than the other big basic troop choices. Uh, again, this sounds more like a uh, go in there and grass another objective uh, holder and not actually trying to use these to hold an objective yourself. Yeah. Mm. In the set that sells living weapon, this unit cannot claim objectives. Oh, oh. Of transports. So the, these guys are think of think of the corrupt torpedoes that the Scourge have in Drop Fleet. These are the things that yes. pop out of those torpedoes. And just go and maul the, the rest of the crew on the ship. Oh, that's so. lovely sounding. Yeah. There's a reason why these are, like, my favorite looking thing in the game. They are just horrible in the best way. Yeah. Razor worms were called razor worms because that's basically what they end up doing to you. They just go through you quite literally. It's a pretty nice um, little, little unit there. Yeah. So that's, that's your basic troop infantry units. Yep. So we've also got the Eviscerators and the Destroyers. If you don't mind, I would like to look at the Destroyers because these are, in the two games I had, these are the unit that I had the most success with. Um, these were awesome. Uh, you've got a two-inch move. You've got a Command of P4+. Plus. No, What's the P4? Oh, Countermeasure. Sorry. Passive save of 4+. plus. Yeah. You get a nine armor, which is just brilliant. Three damage, infantry two plus. They have a rule which is resilient, which I... Uh, it's immune to critical hits. Uh, they just act like normal hits instead of um, critical hits. So that's really good, uh, especially if you know what critical hits are like in the game. Their shard cannon, uh, all of their weapons is front, side, and rear. 36-inch full and 12-inch um, countermeasure. They've got six shots. Three plus accuracy, five energy, and it's got the alt one, which means you can use this or the next one. Uh, RW is there again. Again, where if you lose one infantry... Oh, well, yes, yes. Yeah. You lose two shots off of it. Yeah. Plasma Charger is the alternate weapon. It's got the same firing arc, but the full is only six, as is the counter. So this is much closer calls. Uh, three shots, three plus with ten energy. So you would be using that much closer uh, to take things out. The Shard Cannon is their final weapon, which is only close quarters. Nine dice, four energy, and... RW3. So these guys also have a rule of tough. So you get to re-roll successful collateral damage rolls against this unit. In addition, this unit may enter a garrison from any direction, regardless of entrances. So these things go through walls, not doors. Um, 
I really, really like these things. Um, the models are, I mean, they're still tiny, but these are very elite. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be using these instead of Aureas. It doesn't replace them, um, but you can do a lot of damage with these. And if you end up holding an objective, it's going to be very hard to get them back off them um, because they just shrug things off really easily. Um, they're not invulnerable in any way, shape, or form. They're just really, really good and resilient. Yeah. Um, I have not used the Eviscerators, but I'm very curious on this one because the Eviscerators in the original game were rather rubbish. So they have Bloodthirsty just like your uh, Aged Ones, and they mm -hmm. also have Resilient, but they also are, are considered a rare unit, so you're not going to be able to bring these as often based on your size of the game. Um, I think it's one per level, so I think you can take one unit in a skirmish, two in a, in a clash, and three in a battle. Yeah. Um, you get... Glaives heavy and a glaives quick. So the glaives heavy is a uh, close quarter, uh, three shots with energy eight. Or you can uh, take the glaives quick, which is 18 dice, 18 shots at an energy three. So take your pick. Do you want to have less shots but higher energy? You'll probably want to do that when you're primarily facing Shaltari, mm. um, where they have heavier armor on the Shaltari uh, warsuits. And we'll talk about those as we get into the Shaltari. Uh, whereas the Glaives Quick would probably be good against your, your run-of-the-mill UCM Immortals or um, or whatnot, so, or, the, mm. or what the PHR have. So I can actually see those being very useful, actually. I, I don't so, know how those stats compare to what they used to be, but... Yeah, I'm not um, sure either, but based on, on those two whipping stats, they, I could see them coming in handy. Uh, I can see them being very much a glass cannon, though, because the moment yes. you lose something, you're losing six dice. That um, is the problem. Yeah. So... Uh, just like the, the destroyers are 50 points a piece uh, with the squad size of two. Uh, so those are the same between the visitors and the destroyers. So pretty yeah. good. As you can see, that's pretty much all they have in terms of troops for the Scourge. Unlike the UCM that had a full range. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just not what they're concentrated on, which is fine because it, nope. it helps make the armies feel different. Yes. Um, for me right now, I'm not sure that there's anything there that I would just outright ignore because I can see everything here having... I mean, warriors are going to have to be taken because you need to have them to, to, keep, to bulk up your numbers. Yep. The destroyers could be really good at certain things, as could be eviscerators, if you can get them to where they need to be. The problem with the eviscerators is that they are close quarters only. Mm -hmm. But that, that just means that you have to get them close enough. If there's an area of the board where you're really struggling, if you can get them in close enough to the thing that you're struggling with, you should be able to say goodbye to them. Same with the razor worms. I would argue that razor worms are probably must-take, though, um, as opposed to the eviscerators where I think you'd need to justify it. I would, um, I would send in, if I were to take a Scourge Army, send in the razor worms first and then the eviscerators. Yeah. Um, with the razor worms, they can start in a transport, but they are not allowed to get back into it once they're out of it. Correct. So like, once you've let the rats out of the cage, you're never getting them back in the cage, if that makes sense. Unless it's so like these things out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, just my 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 uh, amateur knowledge of, of drop zone commander. Just to look at this. Uh, I would I would I would take as many of the razor worms as I could, so to speak, to you know harass and occupy other objective holding infantry units inside the building. I wouldn't focus on age ones at all because there's other other ranged and they can't hold an objective versus if you dump those points in the warriors, there's your objective holders and then you've got your exotic more elite troops that are probably a little more versatile. 
versatile. Yeah. Your 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 aged ones can also can carry objectives out. Uh, razor worms are the only ones out of the five that we discussed that can't. Oh, I thought I, I thought you said the aged ones couldn't hold the objective because they were both... no razor worms. Uh, they're just not as good at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're just not good at it as good. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that's um that's our game talk for today. Um, upcoming event. Are yeah, we, we'll, do we'll we have back. events? In, uh, oh, yeah, we still got Project 500 going. Yep. Yeah, Project 500's going. Um, so that's the hobby motivation, 500 points, trying to get 500 points of either Drop Zone or Drop Fleet painted every month, um, except we're now in February. <laughs> uh, UK Games Expo has dates, which is July 31st until Saturday the 1st of August. And four days later is Gen Con. So it's like yep. the fifth to the eighth of August is Gen Con. So uh, brush beast painting competition is still going on. That did start on the first of February and continues through to the twenty. Sorry, thirty first of March. Um, so this is a decent sizable competition. Categories include single miniature, large creature slash monster, machines of war, masters, which is an open category, or five model squad, which is a studio category. You're only allowed one entry per person or studio, and it must be your own work, obviously. Um, pictures must be provided before the models are primed and again when they're completed, unless it's the master's category, um, because master's category usually is a matter of 12 months, not three, five, whatever. No, four. I don't know. Whatever it is. Um, and you need to have multiple pictures of your completed works um, because obviously you can't just take pictures of the front and have no painting done on the back of them. If it's you like, would like, like to... dots on the bottom of your ship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is something that everybody should be doing. You can do, George. Yes, George. <laughs> you did it last time. You will do it again. Just because you've stripped them doesn't give you a right to be lazy. I'm still amazed that you stripped your entire shell tire. I'm sorry, George. Um, yeah, but look what I got with my dreadnought. My dreadnought looks so amazing, though. Ah, yeah, true. Yes. Uh, if you want to get in on it, it's facebook.com slash groups slash brush beast. And then you can join in and get started. Uh, everybody, get in touch with George and remind him that he needs to paint his ships, including all of the dots. All 500 dots. Per model. As you can see by the look on George's face, <laughs> he's extremely keen for this. And he's desperate for you guys to give him motivation to keep up with it. <laughs> I, I have so many other things to paint. Like, all that. Whose fault is that, George? If you had have just left them painted, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, yeah, but I I, I discovered new techniques and, and new things and, and new paints came out. And I was just like, ooh, I'm going to try this now. So, therefore, you need to keep practice those new techniques. Yeah. Properly, completely, me, without question. Let me focus on my Blood Bowl first, because that's currently what I'm working on. It's <laughs> fine. You can start this in March. <laughs> what? You can start this in March. That gives you eight... No, Seven this days. gives you six days. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm forgetting that February is shorter. Yeah, I just, uh, before we started recording, I'm like, wait, February's almost done? Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Thank you again for those that choose to support us in any way that you can. Um, if you are in a position to help our channel grow patreon.com slash getting tabled we would very much appreciate the support uh it is only two dollars a month but anything that you can do to help would be greatly appreciated otherwise look, share us around let people know that we're here facebook.com slash getting tabled is the best place to direct them to 
or do, do a search for Getting Tabled on YouTube, which is where you're watching this, maybe, unless you're listening to it. We are, like, the first 10 results easily. Um, if you'd like to reach out and ask us a question or ask us to cover something specifically, then email us at gettingtabled.weebly. Sorry, gettingtabled at gmail.com. Uh, gettingtabled.weebly.com is the website. Uh, otherwise, on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Getting Tabled. I'm sick of listening to my own voice now, so next time you guys can read that out. <laughs> <laughs> next time I'll be slightly more prepared instead of uh, rushing to feed dogs and get everything settled to record after after uh, two hours of driving. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Uh, so w- with that, then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Everybody wave at the camera. Apart from George. I did. <laughs> <laughs>